Hello friends and welcome back to the wonderful world of Mixology, the podcast where we break down mono and stereo differences between classic albums from the 60s and in some cases we try and work out which mix is better but very often there's going to be a toss up between the two and today is going to be one of those instances. We're taking a look today at the 1967 debut LP from Harper's Bazaar, Feeling Groovy, so named after their smash hit single, a cover of Simon and Garfunkel's classic, The 59th Street Bridge Song, in brackets, Feeling Groovy. Now, a number of tracks from this album did receive dedicated mono single mixes as well, which don't differ too much, but enough for us to take a look here, and also received mono and stereo mixes at the time. However, before we dig in, I'm going to take a little jump to a listen email that I skipped over recently. And this is covering the Pet Sounds episode we took a look at recently. So jump back and have a listen to that if you haven't already, and then come back and listen to this email if you so wish. But yes, this comes from our listener, Sean Courtney, who writes, Hey there, Frederick. I love your podcast so much. Here I am thinking I have the most sensitive ears in the world, but you're picking out stuff that I still can't hear, even when listening back to back. Not just pet sounds, but so far every episode you've done. Oh, thanks Sean. I'm very happy you decided to do pet sounds. The way I see it, it's not so much an issue of remixing as it is an issue of mixing in the first place. It's just that the first stereo mix was done much later for this album than for many other Beach Boys albums. And the newer mixes and remasters would fix the issues that couldn't be fixed back then. The way I see it, Mark wanted to do it as right as possible, and if he sees an opportunity to fix something, he'll do it. Everly freaking brothers? Mind blown. How on earth did you find that out? Surprised you didn't mention the sound of the tape rewinding at the beginning of the mono, I just wasn't made for these times. A side note, Sean, I think that is the Everly Brothers tape there anyway, which is probably why I didn't mention it. Um, but you might see a separate difference, that's up to you. Anyway, for years I wondered what it was until not terribly long ago, definitely in the last 10 years, I listened very carefully to what others thought was the sound of sheet metal rattling or something, but nope, it's rewinding tape. It's weird how sloppy the mono pet sounds is, given what a perfectionist Brian always was in the studio. But the album was Rush mixed, as were most of the albums from 65 through 67, which is what I firmly believe is the reason there weren't stereo mixes done for the albums back then. There literally wasn't any time to do it. It wasn't because of Brian's own preferences, I had got into this detail in my own podcast, Autobiography of a Schnook, episode 21. I actually talk about the Beach Boys a lot in my podcast. I remember listening to the DCC Gold Disc version of Pet Sounds from, I think, 1993. That's the Steve Hoffman mastered version for any listeners searching out there. And just being blown away at how many differences I could spot between that and the 1990 Capital CD, which I've been listening to practically non-stop since I got it for Christmas in 1990 as a 16-year-old. Now, here's something to think about. Given that Brian rushed the 1966 mix of Pet Sounds and apparently didn't even mix it on a proper mixing console, why not do a new mono mix of it? Given all the tape reductions that had to be done back in 66, now that we can take the original tapes and just sync them together, we could have a good, solid, clean mono mix that Brian himself could do, all without the generations of sound quality loss. Oh, it boggles the mind. Sean. Thanks Sean for that email. I addressed a few points as we were going through, but your final paragraph has me quite interested. As the idea of doing a new mono mix now, apart from some instances on other records where there never was a mono mix, nor originally technically a stereo mix, 
but that's a whole nother kettle of fish. I don't feel there's any point in mixing to mono now unless completely necessary given the takes we have at hand. The idea of mono mixing for tracks like this where the stereo can be done so well and so evenly spread means that the stereo mix is clearly going to stick out far more as a definitive option. A mono mix would be clean and sound great but the whole point of the mono mix is that it's that sound of the era and I don't feel that doing that with recordings like that where they've been tidied up now really matches that same vibe and takes away from what the original mono mix offered in itself with slightly crunchy but vintage sound and mono is definitely a vintage sound. I am definitely a culprit for mixing to mono with recordings done in the present day but I feel that's a little bit different to trying to make a clean mono mix when it can be done just as well in stereo. But I appreciate your line of thinking, I've definitely read similar people's line of thoughts before and above all thank you very much for listening in and writing in, it really does mean a lot. But now we're going back to 1967 rather than 1966 as discussed in that email and talking about as said Harper's Bazaar and their great album Feeling Groovy. It's 10 lovely soft pop tracks produced by Lenny Warronica, I think that's how you pronounce it, and arranged by us such Leon Russell, Randy Newham, Perry Botkin Jr and Ron Elliott and of course the group themselves are comprised of Dickie Scopperton, Teddy Templeman, Dick Giunt, Eddie James and John Peterson and I'm sure you'll be familiar with Ted Templeman's work with Warner as the years go on and given his production credits later on it's very funny that he started in a soft pop group on the label. But moving through the track listing let's start right at the beginning shall we? The first track on the album is the Van Dyke Parks composed Come to the Sunshine and it was also a lovely hit from the album. We're going to start with the mono mix and compare that to the stereo mix on the album as it did have a separate mono single mix. Now these songs and a lot of the songs in the sound do match very closely in fades, in balance and in sonics but there's a few differences that I'm just going to weigh up just so you can really get a feel for which one might lean towards your preference. The first track, Come to the Sunshine, as I said, for me leans more towards the mono because there's a very poor stereo effect on what is usually panned off to the left-hand channel in the horn area. I'm going to start with the mono where things feel more natural and then I will move to the stereo and pay attention to the horn that is kind of jumping between the left and right channels and you'll know it's the part I'm talking about because at those moments it leaves the left channel sounding very empty because there's nothing there. Here's the mono and we'll move to the stereo and take a listen for the difference in that horn and just the general vibe of the mix. For this reason, I'm going to lean more towards mono on this track, but if you really want to get Panisky on that, we're going to take a little look at the mono single mix, which does differ from the LP mix due to it being slightly slower, noticeably so in fact, 
and the vocal being slightly more up front and the drums also mixed a bit more down so the track that would be panned off to the right on the LP version. Let's start with the LP mono mix if you've already heard and then move into the single version and pay attention to the band track with the drums etc and the vocals and note the balances as I said before. <laughs> Moving on to track two, we get the Rogers and Hammerstein Happy Talk, and the mixes once again are rather close, but I find the mono often gets lost. This could be due to the EQ used on the Now Sound CD mono release of this, but I feel it is just the nature of the reverb used in these mixes. The echo chambers often blend together, and the separation in the stereo helps things stand out more. I'll start with the stereo where things are clear and move to the mono where things get a little lost in the mix. As we get to the fade, we're going to interestingly see a longer fade in mono this time. So here's the stereo and I'll move to the mono at the key moment. Mono. As we hit track three, Come Love, the instrumentation pan to the left in stereo stands out more in the mix than it does in the mono mix. Here it is in stereo first and pay attention to what's panned off to the left and then we'll move to the mono where you'll find it gets a little bit more lost compared to the vocals and the instrumentation panned off to the right. time we have a longer fade in stereo stereo track 4 is the leon russell original raspberry rug and I'll find at the beginning that the horn track, which is panned off to the left, is a bit louder in stereo compared to its placement in the mono mix. Here's the intro in stereo and then we'll move to the mono. Mono. As we move along, the vocals seem to be a bit more muted in the mix in mono compared with the stereo. This time round, we'll start with the more congested mono and move to the clearer and more defined stereo. And 
finally, once again, a longer fade in stereo. Here's the mono and we'll move to the stereo. Closing out side one is the great, as I said, 59th Street Bridge song, Feeling Groovy, as arranged this time by wonderful Leon Russell. Now, we're going to start with the single version this time as opposed to finishing with it. And once again, the single version runs slower than the mono and the fade is a hair earlier. We're not going to take a look at that fade as a slightly shorter one isn't necessary when we're going to look at the longer stereo fade in a moment. But we will take a look at the speed difference. Here's the mono LP version and then we'll move to the slightly slower single version. Now, between the mono and stereo mixes on the album, they sit very similarly together. But interestingly, in the stereo mix, in the break, which goes completely a cappella, which is a wonderful wonderful touch and is where the track usually fades in the Simon and Garfunkel arrangement. There should be no instrumentation but in stereo in the left channel although not full volume the drums do come back in. Here that section is in mono and then I'll play it again in stereo and really pay attention to that left channel and those drums are pretty clear as day once you know what you're looking for. <laughs> again in stereo. And finally, as mentioned, here's your longer fade in stereo. Start with the mono and move to the stereo. Stereo. As we flip over the LP to the Randy Newman heavy side two, we start with the Randy Newman composed and arranged track, The Debutante's Ball, which does have a few little humorous touches in the lyrics as well. We're going to be taking a little look at a slightly humorous musical touch now, as this did receive a mono single version as well, although this doesn't differ too much to the other mixes. The mono single does kind of look in waveform different to the mono LP, but it doesn't feel too different that there's anything I really need to point out to you. But right at the end, there's the little, the debutant's ball, that's really quick and sounds quite amusing to me anyway. And in the mono and stereo LP mixes, this has a different performance to the one on the single as the ball and that final horn have a different spacing between them. Here's the mono LP version and I'll play the mono single version so you can really just kind of hear how these do slightly differ. Yeah. 
single. To compare the main body of the track, what I'll do is I'll start with the mono single version so you can compare it anyway, move to the mono LP version and then to the stereo LP version. Note how things are more congested in the mono mix and do breathe a bit better in the stereo, but everything does sit quite nicely in the mono as it's quite a vibe of the ball, shall we say. Let's start with the single and move through. Randy Newman's coming at us again now with the wonderful track Happy Land and in the intro the vocal is louder in the mix in mono. Let's start with the stereo and then play it again in mono with the louder vocal. Mono. And obviously we've got a nice longer fade in stereo. Here's the mono and we'll move to the stereo. Stereo. Peter and the Wolf comes up next and this track is very similar between its two mixes but I'm going to give you a little taste of the mixes just so you can compare yourselves and then we're going to compare the longer fade out at the end which is obviously a mixology standard. What I'll do is I'll start you on the stereo then move to the mono and then finally move to that final bit of the fade in stereo at the end. Now, here's a little mix difference that's up for debate, and I've had a couple of these on Mixology before, with people coming back to me saying, is that really a difference? What I perceive as a difference might not stick out to everyone, but I'm being very, very picky here, and that is the name of Mixology. But as long as you enjoy it, that's all that matters. And here's another one for that list. In the chorus on I Can Hear The Darkness, the second to last track on the album, there's a downbeat that doubles down throughout the chorus, and I feel this is more impactful in mono, whereas in the stereo, especially when it comes in, it doesn't feel so emphasized as the snare that's overdubbed to double up the, the as the snare that's overdubbed to double up the drum kit is panned off to the other side and isn't as loud as the drums in the right-hand channel. Here it is in mono first, and then I'll play that section again on beat in stereo, so you can really get a feel for how much more impactful this does sound in mono. And again in stereo.
We get a mildly longer fade in stereo this time, so we're going to look to anyway, as there's not been too many on this episode. Here's the mono, and we'll move to stereo at the key moment. Stereo. We close out this album with a very high note indeed. This is the great Randy Newman track, Simon Smith and the amazing Dancing Bear, which has been covered by numerous artists around this time, but this is definitely mine and my wife's favorite version of this track, especially hers. She absolutely loves it. And we've got a few different mix differences here to take a little look at. Now, in the verses, the drums feel more upfront in mono, but in the chorus, because they're panned off to the right with the banjo, they feel like they get a little more lost. What I'll do is I'll start you with a comparison on the verse, starting with the stereo and then moving to the slightly more upfront mono, and we'll take a look at the chorus after that. So, stereo first. Seen at the nicest places where well-fed faces all stop to stare. Mono. Making the grandest entrance of Simon Smith and his dancing man. As we hit the chorus, there's two main differences. As I said, the drums get more buried with the banjo in the mono mix, but the mono mix is also more compressed in the chorus as the stereo jumps up more in dynamic range. But the mono is also far more bass heavy, which does appear a few times through the album, but nowhere near as noticeable as it is here. What I'll do is I'll play you the start of the chorus from the verse into the chorus in stereo, and then I'll play it again in mono and pick out how much lower the drums and banjo are and how much more emphasised the bass is and also the reduced dynamic shift between the two. So, stereo, then mono. And again, in mono. We've got a very slight one here, as the end of the track has a sound effect tape of an applause. Now, in stereo, the applause appears louder, in my opinion, and fades up slower, whereas in mono, it jumps up kind of quickly, and is mixed a little softer. Again, this could be due to the separation, but the fade-up time is obviously a difference. Here's the start of that in stereo first, and then the more immediate and softer mono. And again, in mono. And finally, at the end, the fade-outs do feel different. Again, potentially due to separation, but also volume, in my opinion. The stereo feels like it fades to applause, which then obviously fades with the track as well. But in mono, the applause feels like it fades as part of the track. This is a very nitpicky difference, and one that no one else would probably notice, but I'm going to play it for you now. Here's the stereo, which feels more natural like a fade to applause, and then again in mono where everything fades. And again in mono.
And with that track over, we've flown through this wonderful little 10 track soft pop, glorious, glorious LP. As I said, Feeling Groovy by Harper's Bazaar from April 1967. It's a wonderful album and the group were introduced to me by Ceylon host Wyatt. So go and check them out if you haven't already. And I hadn't really delved into soft pop too much, but I've been a bit of a sucker for it over the past year or so. And things like this are what have really drawn me into it. I found the LP interestingly in Berlin and it's a US stereo copy. And I would love to have a US mono at some point. I believe the UK Warner LPs sadly are fold down, so I haven't sought those out. But I do have the UK mono 45 of Feeling Groove with Lost My Love Today. Two great songs in two unique mixes, so great to have there. And hopefully their second LP should arrive at my door anytime soon. A nice US stereo LP I found on eBay for mere pounds, just a couple of quid. How glorious. But all that's left to say really is thank you everyone for listening and tuning in. I'm going to do one more episode of Mixology before the Christmas period when I'm going to take a little break from both podcasts. So hopefully you've got some time to keep yourselves busy over that period i'm going to be doing christmas episodes of both podcasts coming up next so you'll see what they are specifically but for now all i'm going to say is remember you can contact the show at baxamonoradio at gmail.com the link to that is in the show notes below as is a link to our facebook group come and join it come and make it a nice little thriving community if you so wish but outside of that wherever you are and whoever you are have a great, great day. There's nothing left to say, but it's not the same without her arms about me.